for me, it's about like setting some anchors, bigger blocks along that path towards achieving the goals. And then saying, what's my first step? What's the little thing that I can do now that's going to move me positively towards that? It's going to be the easiest thing I can do to start seeing some progress and building some momentum and feeling good about this thing. Because it's from that and getting the reward of that first small achievement that we get motivated to go on and do the next thing. You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world and here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood and Abby Rogers. Hi everyone, Um, let us know if you're here live or if you're watching the replay, it's really good to see you here. Abby's a good friend of mine and Abby, I'm I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, but in my mind, you're like a mindset, business extraordinaire. Um, Do you wanna start by telling us a little bit about your, what you do and what your background is? Yeah, so um, essentially I guess what I do now is helping people really get to the bottom of all the really deep subconscious stuff that is limiting them from achieving their full success and their their true potential. Um, So often we talk about mindset and there are loads of great things you can do on the surface to shift your mindset. But often behind that, there's all sorts of trauma, anxiety, fears and stuff going on in your subconscious mind that you're not um, aware of even. So we, we work through our limiting beliefs often, but there's quite often this sort of substructure of stuff going on in the background that we're not even um, conscious of most of the time. So I I help people work through that. Um, And my journey started out for six, no, six years ago I did my training. So it's probably eight or nine years ago now that I first had um, some hypnotherapy and that's what set me on on this journey. It was initially for stage fright, but it just opened up this amazing can of worms in terms of confidence and clarity and, focus and just like feeling like myself for the first time ever um which was was fantastic and feeling like I could be the real me um and it's really helped me I've, I've been on a big journey in terms of learning how all the neuroscience and, and everything that goes on in our minds is related to manifestation and creating the life that we want so the last two or three years has been really focused on that and understanding like how it all knits together and how we can optimize our minds for success so that's where that's where I am and I'm loving it oh I love this and um and I'm really pleased you said about the like the science so Joe and I I think sometimes we talk about topics around mindset and you mentioned manifestation and abundance and people might think they're kind of woo words um I'd certainly believe in setting a goal and making a plan to get there and like deciding what you want and that helps you to however you see it whether the universe like provides or you seek it out or whatever having that intention helps you to get there and you've got a science background as well haven't you because I know when we spoke I've had hypnotherapy with Abby but like to tell everyone that background but um and I think I thought oh that load of rubbish hypnotherapy Paul McKenna on the tv like is this really a thing but you like you mentioned the science of it can you tell me a little bit more about that please yeah that's that's funny enough exactly where I was with it as well before I ever had hypnotherapy myself and I was like yeah is this, is this really going to work it's all just fluff isn't it but actually um lots of neuroscience there's loads of good neuroscience and psychology research that the mode of hypnotherapy I was trained in is based on and um yeah I was 
to kind of blown away in my own um, journey of, of therapy through that, like how, how much of it was science-based and how much I could use that in my own life to kind of see how I could maintain the changes going forward and so on. Um, and it is, it's just, yeah, really heavily based in that. But the last, the last couple of years, I've kind of started getting curious about manifestation because it's talked about a lot in the online space. And initially I was a bit like, yeah, I'm not really sure. But the more I've worked on understanding the neuroscience and psychology side of things, the more it's like, oh, that's why, that's why we can manifest. And you're totally right. Um, action, goal setting, taking aligned actions with what we want is absolutely crucial. However you look at it, whether you're looking at it from a more spiritual perspective or whether you're looking at it from like the science boots on and you, you're going about it that way. Um, but there's, it's all about the aligned action and it's about being really clear on what you want and setting those goals um, from a place of like, alignment with what you do really want deep down in the first place but if you get those things together then it all starts to come out in the wash so yeah it's really interesting like talking about the fact like hypnotherapy and like Zoe saying about Paul McKenna and things because we do yeah. think sometimes you know hypnotherapy is about turning people into chickens on stages like that was our initial thought wasn't it that was in the 90s it became kind of like you know a performance technique actually, rather yeah. than this you know scientific and actually it's so funny because I've actually done quite a bit of work and I've been and seen Paul McKenna and um he actually is um very good friends and with the guy that created NLP so actually there is a lot and he's used his you know techniques later on to be more about you know the scientific side of things but he got him a name he used it like that but I my first experience with hypnotherapy which I found was quite strange um, to be suggested it, was when I was um, actually working in an accountancy firm as a trainee yeah. and my school bully turned up and got a job as well there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really struggled because I, it wasn't self-sabotage. She was trying to sabotage my career. Um, she was making phone calls. She was telling me, oh, we're all, like they, she was getting people into it as well, like, I'll tell Joe we're going to this place for lunch and I'd turn up and there'd be no one there. Like, it was nasty. It was bullying, right? It was bullying. Yeah, yeah. But I went to my GP at the time and I was like, I'm depressed. I don't know what to do. I, I think I need to, I, but I'd lost my confidence. So I didn't want to get another job because I'd lost my confidence. And it was my GP. So this is like 1998. Uh -huh. Suggested finding a hypnotherapist to help me so I was really lucky to be introduced and because it came from a medical kind of suggestion that I I, I did that but it was very obviously things are very different now and we can access it a lot more but I was paying I think about 70 pound an hour to go and sit in a room and I was sitting on a couch with a, a gentleman that was talking to me and it did help it really did help it helped me build, you know it helped me build the confidence to leave that job and find somewhere else and realize I didn't need to I felt like I had to prove myself and tell everybody that I wasn't this person that she was saying, but actually I just needed to get out of the situation. And it gave me the confidence to do that. And I've always utilized it as a tool now in tough situations. Actually, I now, you know, meditate, relax in the morning for, it's only 10 minutes every day. And I set an intention and I just sit and I'm trying to be present with my thoughts. I can't do it. I'm not very good at doing it for very long, but I can manage about 10 minutes. And I try and do it before I pick up the phone in the morning when I'm just like in that sleepy 
kind of state, I think it works better for me because or else my brain kicks in and then I can't access that subconscious. That's got to be something to do with science, isn't it, Abby? Is there certain times of the day where it's a good idea to kind of try and utilize some of these techniques? Uh, yeah, I think I think we all have our own kind of daily rhythms and um, certainly it's it's easier to drop into that relaxed state. We in hypnotherapy you'd call it trance state, but it's just it's basically a deeply relaxed state. Um, it's easier to get there when we're not thinking a million things. But the trouble is, like, if, if we're trying to do it at a time when our brain is really busy, um, what we'll tend to do is sit there thinking, oh, I can't relax right now. I'm not thinking the right things. And we, we get into the anxiety of worrying about the thoughts rather than just kind of accepting those thoughts and going, you know what, my brain is busy right now, but I'll just, I'll just let them be. I'll just ignore them and they'll sort themselves out. Um, and it's it's okay to let my brain kind of freewheel because that's me processing a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I think there's absolutely beauty in finding your own time of day that just feels good. Um, for me, I, I tend to be more on the hoof. It will just be like, do you know, I've been working quite hard and I know that a few minutes break now will just refresh me and, and do me good. So I'll try and kind of catch those little windows or just having a bit of time around the kids doesn't really matter when it's just it's got to work for you and that is the key thing and I think out there there's so much um talk you see all the people talking about getting up at 5am to do their stuff and it's like you've got to have this really set morning routine otherwise you're not doing the right things for success and I think I think we can take those things too uh, literally sometimes and you've just got to find your own way with it you've just got to do what works for you and do the things that you know are your bones that are going to support you however it works for you um definitely like in the in the early stages of parenthood that was a total lifesaver for me oh that's really interesting I've been doing quite a lot of work around self-care and empowerment yeah. probably something Joe never thought I was ever going to say and, um, <laughs> and one of the things that's really come up is just listening to your body and hearing like I don't know like I haven't eaten for a while I really ought to eat something or like I'm thirsty or you know those kind of things um yeah. and then just realizing okay mate actually what's the tool here you know is it that I need to eat or something or is it that I need to give myself five minutes to sit in my own thoughts and just experience whatever they are and then make a plan or then move on but just give myself that moment to do whatever I need to do to process yeah because we often like jump into our day and we're just so in it straight away, aren't we? And we don't even connect with ourselves in any way at all. Like, we're like watching somebody else almost going about their day. So just whenever you can find that time to kind of breathe and connect with yourself and say, like, how am I today? What, what do I need right now? Because our, our brain would like to keep us busy and on the go all the time um, when we get into doing mode and stress mode and anxiety mode it just wants to keep us going and it's just it's seeing a million little fires burning all around us that we have to put out and we kind of have to consciously step in sometimes and say it's okay I can leave those things just for five minutes now just to step back from it and just put down all the busy and let my brain work out what's needed and what my priorities really are um, absolutely yeah. I think you know if we actually listen to the internal dialogue, you know, it speaks so much faster than any person ever speaking to us. And it's not always us that's speaking. 
is it? It's, it's sometimes it's an old school teacher or an old colleague or a parent or someone that's talking and and it's that you know Zoe always says about the shoulds you know oh you should be doing this you should be doing that and someone said to me once I was being coached um, by a, a health coach helping me and I was always oh I shouldn't have done that and I should have done this and I didn't eat the right thing or I didn't do this and and she helped me turn it around a little bit in my head. By rather than judging myself, just being curious mm. about the actions I've taken and just rather than going, oh, you shouldn't have done the game, I wonder why I did that. And just changing that language mm. rather than having a go at myself has really helped. And I think it's helped me with lots of things because I have learned over the years in, in business to take responsibility for mm. things that they don't go perfectly right. Now, and I so when I first started doing that, it was much better than I used to be like, oh, clients, they're useless. Oh, staff, they're such a pain. Oh, if I didn't have clients and staff. Everything would be so much easier. That's how I used to be. Yeah. And then I started taking ownership and I'm like, oh, my goodness, how did you let that happen? That was your fault. And that was one extreme to another, but it was still horrible. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, OK, that's happened. Not great. What can I learn? How can I do something so that that never happens again and that I'm not going to firefight in that situation? And it's so I think it's just that learn is that language and trying to help the inner dialogue. And Paul McKenna actually says, because I've been on some of his trainings, he says, like, try and turn it into a funny voice so that you Mm -hmm. smile when you hear it. And it really does help because it's saying the same thing, but it's saying it like he always turned his a little bit like into a old Greek uncle that I don't know why but it was really funny to listen to and it's those kind of little tools that you can't help you're always going to have an inner dialogue we're all no one's ever going to switch it off but we can help to live with it and make it a little bit more useful rather than feel mm. like come away feeling like we're being beaten up all the time <laughs> absolutely and I think I think very often as well we are so good at focusing on all the the negative stuff about ourselves or our choices or what we're doing aren't we and we we never say okay where's the alternative to that like that so that's the stuff my mind's feeding me what do I want to be thinking instead or like what can I see in this situation that was good so you're saying about all the things you should have done well how about turning it around and saying what have I done that's been good where are my little signs of progress where are my green shoots that I can nurture and feel really proud of and, and focus on those instead and that that can help to really start to calm down that inner critic and just make it a little bit softer and a little bit less insistent and we can gradually start to ease it off and and train our brain to learn to see the positives a bit more I mean we are as humans we're negativity machines we're designed that way because we have to be or had to be back in our ancestral times like aware of threat all around us all the time we have to switch on to that but um, yeah if we can help to tell our brains that there is an alternative to that mood and that it's okay and that it's safe and that we are living quite a nice life really <laughs> it helps um, for that that panic button to calm down if you like panic button that's a really good way to put it um we I, i've done a lot of work with abby and i know and i we've i think we've like made it sound like abby is like the female version of paul mckenna that's not true abby does so much but it's <laughs> to sort of start the conversation because i remember us doing a lot of work around like my i think the thing i got stuck in it was, was this loop of what if what if that happens yeah. what if that happens and it's like a 
fight or flight response and then it's like predicting something that isn't even there's no reason even rationally to be thinking about that so what you know and it stops you moving forward and you mentioned the inner critic and we really wanted to talk to you today about having a fear of success or an internal dialogue that tells us we can't be successful or what if something goes wrong or um, I'm not able to do it I'm not capable I'm not x y and z Um, and one of the questions we wrote down when we were planning for this was to talk to you about what what does it mean to have the fear of success but also why on earth would we fear success like why (laughs) would we fear why would we try and stop ourselves from being successful I think that's really hard to get your head around it is it it makes very little sense on the surface doesn't it it's talked about a lot but we're all like well I want success I know consciously that I want success I don't fear it so I think quite often there's this duality of like yeah (laughs) there's this thing I want and I'm really gunning for the success but I'm being told by my mentors and coaches that I've probably got a fear of it at the same time and it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to us um what's often going on Um, is a a couple of things first of all we really fear any kind of change um, deep down subconsciously like no matter how good that change is we would often rather sit in the discomfort our brain is wired to want to stay where it is no matter how bad things are or let's say it's got to take a pretty big push to make us move towards something better very often so like consciously we know that changing our lives um earning more money, whatever it might be, taking on more clients is going to be a good thing. Um, Subconsciously, our brain's like, no, because that's the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen in that situation. And therefore, I'm not set up to protect you against that. So what I am set up to protect you against is the stuff that's already happening, the things that you don't really like, but they're kind of okay. We're getting through each day. It's not that bad. So our subconscious brain's sitting in there while we're like, I want the thing. (laughs) I want the thing. And there's this often this kind of fight going on between the two parts of our brain and you you probably even notice that for yourself in your own thoughts at times um like you'll have this brilliant idea and you're like yeah that's the most amazing thing and then five minutes later you talk yourself out of it (laughs) 100% and when you're talking what what came up for me was feeling that feeling like and it's really weird because I've never thought about it in that way but the more successful you are it's like the further you've got to fall uh-huh, yeah. that's how it felt like when you was talking then I was like yeah because the more you, success you have it's a bigger drop to the bottom yeah. and it really like is like and I think it's really important to like think where are you getting that feeling because yeah. I felt that in my tummy and I'm not a very good traveler anyone that knows travel <laughs> train with me it's awful and it felt like a travel sickness like oh my god imagine falling from a higher height mm. so and I'm wondering where does this stuff come from is it like learn or is it like the ancestral brain or is it learn things that have happened maybe mm. at primary school or in our in those developmental years or is it just a is it a bit of both I think I think we learn through our language along the way that success is up here it's higher and therefore there's a big drop you know there's um oh you're setting yourself up for a fall that kind of thing is very much wired into our cultural conscience isn't it consciousness even um so we in our minds have it represented very much as a very high thing and a very low thing and our brain latches onto that and it's like oh look at that gap that's really scary that's really dangerous um and our brain always goes to the worst case scenario so if we're in our minds are higher up then it feels like there's further to fall 
Whereas actually that's just our brain playing out our worst case scenario. Um, chances are things would never get that bad. And actually, whether you fall from here to there or from there to there, you're still there. <laughs> still the same place. Um, so I think there's a lot of that. And I can't remember quite the, the other part of that that you were... No, it's really... You know, it's um yeah sort of why would we fear the success and I, I suppose it's because the change and the you know the the risk of it not you know it, the the great success being taken away from us and how would we feel if that happened and our, us trying to protect ourselves from it I suppose one yeah. of the things that keeps coming up in the chat is um who mentioned about having imposter syndrome somebody did and um I what so we talk about imposter syndrome a lot and um whether you believe that's a a mm-hmm. thing a syndrome or not like it's a it's a thing we tell ourselves is a reason we're not doing something which maybe is a bit it can become an excuse but I get it that we feel this yeah difference in ourselves versus our um expectation of what everyone else is able to do and capable of for some reason we hold ourselves back as different yeah. um there are lots of ways we block ourselves here aren't there yeah loads loads yeah and part two of why we fear success, I don't know, I didn't quite touch on this yet, um, but it's it's often like what lies the other side of that success is what are people going to think of me when I'm there? And that massively ties in with that imposter syndrome thing, doesn't it? Um, and it's, it's often linked back to our cultural perceptions of what we have thought of successful people, what we've been trained to think of successful people along the way. And our brain sat there going like, oh, if I got to that point, then, you know, I'd be different from everybody else. I would be other. And that doesn't feel very good. And I've been told all the way along that, you know, successful people aren't very nice. I've been shown this on TV throughout my life. It's it's what I've been programmed into again. I don't want to be that person. And so, again, we've got that resistance. We've got that. I do want the success, but I'm like against it all the way and repelling it. Um and I think tied up in that along the way (laughs) we've been trained from childhood that we need to be successful and we need to be good and we need to keep pushing to get those exam results Mm. and so on and it success almost becomes like something we have to strive for all along the way and we we have to achieve all we're not good enough but we're we constantly put ourselves in that box of I'm not good enough yet I've got to get there and I'll get there one day um but I'm, I'm not deserving of it yet you know we're kind of always sat in that place of one day I'll be successful one day I'll feel good enough and yeah. overcoming imposter syndrome we've really got to a place where we're like I feel good enough now and I really accept myself for who I am now and I'm really pleased with everything I've achieved so far um and I, yeah I might want more that's great there's nothing wrong with wanting more but if we can come at wanting more from that place of feeling really grounded and really comfortable with where we're at now it becomes so much easier and we're just not sitting in that imposter place all the time where we're constantly criticizing ourselves and giving ourselves a hard time mm, just <laughs> like pack mentality isn't it and you know if you think about you know pack of animals or anything you know you want to stay in the tribe you don't want to like push yourself above everyone who do you think you are actually leaving the pack leaving the tribe means you are you know you're liable to get killed by a tiger or something you need to stay with everyone so actually you can imagine why and then 
you know, you think of, uh, you know, I've experienced this before. I've got, you know, two separate sides of the family, you know, dad's side, mum's side. And I remember having conversations when, uh, you know, uh, the co- the conversation as a family unit about people that were successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Sunday dinner conversation, was it like, oh, wow, did you see someone so have smashed this and they've yeah. done that? Isn't it amazing? Or was it like, have you seen her down the road? Seen what she's <laughs> up to? That's dodgy, isn't it? Do you, what do you reckon she's doing to get that car? You know, that kind of thing. It wasn't big. And I really try with yeah. our family to use that. I'm like, wow, look at that car. Isn't it amazing? wonder what they do for it. Like, and try and make it, a, you know, a positive thing. Because it definitely wasn't always positive in family. And, and then you think about a school, you know, even on the playground, someone's got new trainers or whatever. Everyone mm-hmm. felt bad about the fact that they, they had these and they couldn't have it. So they'd make out that they were a bad person for, you know, upgrading their life. So you can see why it's easier to stay where you're at because you've got yeah. friends, family, everyone knows where you are. I've had it quite a lot recently, actually, when I've met with people, you know, um, extended family or whatever. And they said, so what is it that you do? And the look mm-hmm. on their face is like, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> How are you? What are you doing? Like, And you can tell that they're... It's, that it's not made them happy, whatever. And so, and it's interesting, it does, but I'm... I know that there's a bigger purpose and I'm happy and I'm helping other people and I'm absolutely okay with it. But it doesn't mean, and we talk about this, like new levels, new devils. It doesn't mean that you will have like a new barrage of conversations going on in your head and internal dialogue when you do something new. And then there's going to be the external. We have, you know, we always talk about like imposter syndrome being an internal thing and Mm -hmm. not and I completely get it but sometimes it is reality that family friends and other people aren't happy with you yeah. moving forward that is true isn't it so we have to kind of yeah. balance it and I think it's poo-pooing it and saying it's not real it's something we've made up mm. is sometimes it's because I, I I have experienced it I know that I've had friendship groups in the past and you know yeah. I've been, I had to avoid going on the school playground at some points because um, with my older children, I get on then the conversations that people were having, I'm like, I've just been in this nice high place, having these great conversations with clients and things. I come on here and people are bitching and moaning. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you're bringing me down. I I feel like I've elevated and I don't want to. So I think it's, mm. it is an internal thing. Yeah. But sometimes it can feel like a very real thing. And oh. to push ourselves out there, we have to it, it physically push ourselves forward, don't we? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really brave and scary thing to do, and we're we're very good at um, working out for ourselves what other people might be thinking and kind of making judgments on that sometimes. So we sometimes, you know, imagine imagine what other people might be thinking, and that can be a, a whole thing in itself that limits us. Um, but yeah, very definitely, it is. We do come up against reactions within family and friends and within within the wider world and it takes um a lot of self-confidence a lot of self-assurance to keep plodding on and not listen to those and nine times out of ten a lot of those reactions are basically those those people are jumping into a place of negativity and fear themselves because they're afraid for you or they don't quite understand you say it's something that you wouldn't do so they just they just don't get it they're not on board with it because they don't see your big vision they don't see all the positive stuff that you're seeing it's all just like whoa what is she doing this is really really out there really really scary 
and like bless them, our close relatives sometimes will jump in there and want to defend us and say, are you sure this is a good thing to be doing? Or like, they might not be very good at putting it across in a, a gentle, compassionate way. <laughs> and it might sound very much like harsh criticism. Um, very often they have our best interests at heart, but they're just not expressing it in a very supportive way. And I think, I think that's worth being mindful of. But we've also, we've got to be our own biggest cheerleaders and like gently stick to what we're doing and just keep persuading people and showing them almost like not not having a, a sort of verbal argument with them and persuading them in that way but maybe just showing them through our actions and through carrying on with what we're doing and being positive about it ourselves it starts to spread out mm. uh, we, we mirror each other and people will eventually pick up on our certainty and confidence and positive vibes um but yeah it takes <laughs> takes that self-confidence that deep self-assurance to hold that position and um, not let it get to you so yeah yeah I think having people around you who are going through the same thing is really crucial as well and I like I you know that's just even looking at the chat here you just you know everyone here has felt yeah. that um, I was on the school playground the other day and someone said we were talking about work and someone's like well I know what you do because my son watches you on TikTok but your son's <laughs> you on TikTok um, <laughs> but it's you know it's hard what about um though when we stop ourselves um, from taking action. So a lot of people like for, I do a marketing Q and A every month and we talk about various things you can be doing. We were talking this morning about some tools you could do using Canva and ChatGPT and things like that for marketing. And sometimes people will say, well, I haven't done it. I'm just procrastinating on it because I'm not quite sure. And I, I just, I'm not sure why, but I, I'm just procrastinating on this. Um, and I think there's something about the language we use, like imposter syndrome, procrastination, that actually stops us doing things, or we use those words as an, uh, mm -hmm. a mechanism to stop ourselves from moving uh -huh. forward. What's going on when we procrastinate about things? Oh, it's my favourite. <laughs> Lots of different things can be going on. So it can be that whole fear of where we're going thing, um, or the fear of failure, as you mentioned earlier, and how far we've got to fall and if it all goes wrong. Um, but I mean, procrastination can also be that it's just not something that we're quite aligned with deep down. So we might be thinking, I really want to get that because it's going to get me to my goals, but maybe it's not comfortable for us on some level. And so we're resisting it for that reason. Like maybe we've got some subconscious work to do before it's aligned, or maybe we need to explore a different path. Um, sometimes it can just be looking at the work we've got to do and feeling overwhelmed by it and it's either it's a big project it's a big thing we've got to take on and we don't feel very sure of ourselves in that or um yeah maybe it's like a new challenge that we haven't done before and our brain's just kind of like whoa I can see this big wall I've got to climb over and I don't quite know how I'm going to climb over it yet so I'll, I'll just sit on the other side of the wall for now that's easier go and have a cup of tea <laughs> um so really like breaking those challenges down into smaller bits we, we often hear about that and I think that's so critical um not to overwhelm yourself with the the magnitude or the scale of the project and just to maybe get the help along the way that you need if you need it um yeah what else we can we can procrastinate on things just when we're just not quite in the right frame of mind because we're not listening to ourselves like we were saying earlier so maybe we're not getting enough sleep maybe we've got a bit too much brain fog and anxiety going on sometimes we can only move forward positively when we've like put the foundations in place 
for ourselves and it's not that it's wrong it's not that we don't want to do it it's just that our brain is too stressed out and too overwhelmed to move forward and that's absolutely a thing so I've definitely noticed that Abby I've definitely noticed that I kind of and I think it's because I'm trying to like Zoe said try and listen in to my body more sometimes I'll get to it's usually about three four o'clock in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and I will try and attack something and do something and and there's resistance Mm -hmm. and I'm like and I've started listening to that resistance more and more because I realize that actually we joke because um Gemma our VA um she's up very early in the morning and literally after I've done my 10 minutes of meditation we're we're working and I think sometimes we've definitely started about quarter to seven seven a.m and actually when I think by the time three four o'clock has come I've, you know, we've done many hours of work okay. and no wonder, my yeah. brain is starting to feel tired yeah. and I have started to listen to that cue and I, so I've stopped any meetings after half past two in the afternoon, well, my, the final time you can book in is half two, so I'll be finished by three, mm-hmm. I've made my work life fit around the fact that usually I'm yeah. just tired, my brain is just tired and actually yeah. it's not, I used to think it was procrastination or laziness or something, but actually yeah. what I find is if I step away from the computer, go and be with the family, potter around, make dinner, whatever, usually I'll get another little surge later on. Yeah. And I yeah. can do something, but it's in my time. And so I think it's about listening, exactly like Zoe said, listening more, not straight when I used to be like, oh, there you go. You've run out of energy, right? Your brain's gone, you procrastinate. And I'd start with this negative self-talk, but actually... Yeah. I just need a break and actually when I started thinking about we do start early we're up we literally like you said we're into our days straight away so no wonder we're a bit tired it's not like we have a nice lazy morning read the newspaper have a breakfast I don't if anyone does that that's amazing but for me it's that is not how my day starts mm-hmm. we're up and we're running and starting the day so yeah so that's really helped me so maybe we need to think about when does procrastination hit if it's like a daily it feels like a daily occurrence yeah yeah and is it maybe that we just need to step away for a bit and have a refresh (laughs) we 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 forget we're human a lot of the time we think we're machines and we can just keep going all day uh we have as well as circadian rhythms we have something called ultradian rhythms i think it is and that's like we work in 90 minute cycles and our brain can do intense activity for 90 minutes and then it becomes almost counterproductive after that time. Like, you know, when you've been reading for a long time and you're just rereading the same paragraph over and over and over because your brain's just like, I can't do this anymore. I just need a break. And it, it can be like five, 10 minutes or so. That's all you need to re, re refresh and get yourself out of that slump. But very often we're just like forcing it and forcing it and forcing it and making it harder and harder for ourselves. Um, and then beating ourselves up because we've exhausted ourselves and we're not getting any further. And that just, there's the procrastination all that negative um thinking and, and stress so yeah if we can break our day up and I, I'm, I'm totally guilty of it I'll sit there and just plow away at a piece of work for a few hours if I'm excited by it but if we can just try and remember to take a little break when we start to feel that brain fog coming in rather than giving ourselves a hard time for it Mm. yeah we're often flying again before we know it so. like a new version of the pomodoro technique like just yeah. take that little do a little bit take a little break it's like 25 five isn't it but it, like i like that an hour and a half because you could do a meaty bit of work in an hour and a half yeah but then like giving yourself a little break and a reset is quite a nice way to break the day up so I'll yeah give that a try yeah and yeah. um, <laughs> so 
so we've covered a lot um, and I've realized that we, we've been chatting for a while, but before I wrap up, when we think about these obstacles that come up for us then in terms of um, think where we might be getting in our own way in terms of successes that we we really want you know Joe and I ran a session this morning at 11 and we were talking about what what's your goal for the rest of 2023 and there, hopefully there are people here who have either said what their goal is or they're thinking about what their goal is mm-hmm. um, but maybe we're like sometimes we're maybe too afraid to really set the big goal because it just feels too big um what are the how do we start to overcome these kind of obstacles so we can really set ourselves goals that can drive us forward and we take seriously and we believe in ourselves that we're able to achieve yeah I think I think the first thing is to make it achievable so you know if they're just smart goals I'm sure you guys have um but making it a goal that is is doable but it stretches you a little bit it's slightly exciting it's slightly out of your comfort zone but it's not so far out of your comfort zone that your brain's just like no (laughs) to achieve anything we've got to believe that it's possible for us that is the number one rule of achieving anything we've got to believe it and um yeah so have a real think about those goals and whether you can like maybe just stretch them or move them or even if they're feeling a bit too big and overwhelming at the moment like bringing them back down to a level that does feel achievable maybe even making the time scale a bit shorter and saying okay if if I'm a bit daunted by my six month goal for the rest of the year then what do I think I could achieve in the next two or three months and maybe focusing on that as a smaller thing rather than that massive big achievement that you've got to do in six months time Um, I'm quite a big fan of like quarterly goal setting I find that really works for me but again it's about what works for you and what motivates you um and if it's if it's breaking it down to a couple of weeks and what you want to get done over that time scale or whatever then go with it you know <laughs> go with go with what's motivating and what feels believable and doable for you um in terms of planning out the strategy i think i think it's great to have an idea of where you're going i think it's nice to have a like strategic overview of how you can get those things kind of nice to see the numbers on the page like if you say I want this financial goal that will need that many clients or I'll need to do this many calls to achieve that many clients and having those kinds of things does definitely help us take the action steps towards it Um, but also I think not being too too rigidly set in a concrete action plan because half the time we can sit there creating the plan and doing none of the actual work so um for me, it's about like setting some anchors, setting some kind of bigger blocks along that path towards achievement goals. And then saying, what's my first step? What's the little thing that I can do now that's going to move me positively towards that? It's going to be the easiest thing I can do to start seeing some progress and building some momentum and feeling good about this thing. Because it's from that and getting the reward of that first small achievement that we get motivated to go on and do the next thing. So what what is that small step that you can take and also being being open to options as well because very often our brain's kind of busy in the background finding ways that we can get to those goals quicker if we're if we're good and specific about them if we know where we're headed um we'll have that initial plan and be like yeah that's definitely the way to go and then we'll get an idea that's like oh i wonder if i tried that no, we've got to stick to the original plan. We, we might miss something really important because our subconscious is constantly like fine-tuning and trying to find better, easier paths for us to get to where we want to be. So it's quite important to listen to those little flashes of inspiration and 
check in with whether they are aligned with your end goal, of course. Um, but don't be afraid to deviate a bit from that path if it feels like it will still get you to the end. So I think this is, <laughs> yeah, this is where like the woo-woo side comes in because we we kind of and I think you know there is science behind the woo-woo stuff because it's actually like you said our subconscious is so amazing and can help us but it doesn't half the time it doesn't know where we're heading so it can't help us so if we have a strategic plan or if we manifest they're the same kind of thing we're putting it out to the universe or whatever we're putting it out there on a piece of paper and we're saying this is where we'd like to head and then our subconscious does this amazing thing while we're sleeping, comes up with ideas that we didn't even know. I've had yeah. it this week with my my best friend, Berenice. She is a dance teacher at schools. Mm-hmm. And she's been going through a bit of, she's had some coaching. And she said, you know, I want a, stu-. she's always been scared of, of having a dance a school. She's never wanted a dance school, but she mm-hmm. came up with the idea, I'd like a dance studio. One room that is mine that I can rent out some other times but I can do what I want. And it was, she only thought of this last week. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm really excited by this goal. Yeah. And then, you know, this week an opportunity has come up. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what? Yeah. It's amazing, what? isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's, and now she's going down the woo-woo path. She's not doing anything to stress you, but she's, She's kind of declared it to her own mind. Yeah. And her mind's gone, okay, let's have a, whatever's happening, whether it's manifestation or whether it's strategy, it doesn't matter. I think we get to the same goal. It depends on how the kind of person that you are. And our brains are fantastic, but a bit like a sat nav. If you've not put the destination in, it doesn't know where you're heading. So exactly. you're going round and round and round the roundabout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as soon as you put that destination in, your brain can then filter what you're experiencing based on what you want so it starts to it's not that necessarily there are more opportunities around you it's just that you start seeing them the blinkers come off and you're like oh that could work um and the ideas start to drop in so um i i think i wrote a little bit in my book about if uh, if you say to yourself like i want to achieve I don't know, 10, 10K months over the next year, then your brain's going to come up with 10K ideas. If you say, I want to achieve seven figures over the next year, your brain's going to start to generate seven figure ideas. Um, now, that seven figures might feel a little bit daunting if you're at the beginning of your journey or whatever, but the quality of the information that goes in is what you get out of the system. So, um, yeah, but it's it's fantastic. It's Sometimes things just seem like such a massive universal coincidence and that's where the woo-woo side of things starts to come in like what is going on here <laughs> is it just my brain or is it um is there something more to this but does it matter I just think like if it's working it's working <laughs> love it oh my gosh this has been amazing do you know what as well what I really love I love this community completely unprompted people are sharing in the chat their favorite mantras uh, so I'm going to read some of them out because I love them. Um, Kath said, my favourite mantra, if you say you can, um, you can. If you say you can't, you can't. Then Julie has said, she believed she could, so she did. And then Sam's finished with, I can, I will, watch me. I love <laughs> all the positivity. Um, Abby, can you let us know a bit about how people can connect with you? I know you have an amazing podcast as well. So please tell us um, how we can find out more about what you do. I do. So my podcast is called Align and Arise. Um, and yeah, you can find that on most of your podcast players if you just do a little search for line and arise. Um, 
probably the best way to find out more about me is my website at the moment. I am on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, but www.abigail-rogers.com. Um, I've got a free 21-day e-course on there that I've just launched, which is really, really exciting. And that's called Worthy, Wealthy and Wise. And I'm getting some lovely feedback from that and some really good insights that are coming through. Um, and that is all about you know, tackling those subconscious beliefs, tackling the imposter syndrome stuff and elevating your sense of self-worth and confidence so that you can go out there and create what you want to. So um, perfect for anybody who's listening to this and needs a little bit of a boost. Amazing. Oh, thanks so much for spending the time with us this, this afternoon, Abby. And um, thanks everyone who's been here live as well. Lovely to see you. Um, Joe and I are actually going to be back this evening for anyone who's joining along with Bookkeepers Bootcamp. So we'll see you in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at 6.30. But for now, thanks ever so much. See you soon. Take care. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club? Or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.